Hey guys, it's Bo. Welcome to the Girl Talk with Bo podcast, where I talk faith, finances, and business, and I teach you how to dump debt, build bank, and create the life you want. Let's talk. Hello, 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 guys, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. How are you doing today? Guys, I'm really excited about this podcast episode. It's one of those podcast episodes where I had to fight really hard to find someone to talk about this topic. Today's topic is going to be estate planning. And I know you guys are like, oh my gosh, I don't want to talk about it. But guess what? We have to. And so I've worked very diligently to find someone who is excellent and amazing at explaining this topic You guys are really going to enjoy today's podcast guest. But before I jump into her bio and how I met her and all of that fun stuff, I did want to let you guys know about a survey that I have going on. We are currently in podcast episode 14, and I want to make sure that I'm providing valuable content that you guys want to tune into every week. So if you can do me a favor, head on over to girltalkwithfo.com forward slash podcast Click on the button that says survey to take a quick survey that will help me understand you a little bit better so that I can provide content that's valuable to you. So again, that is girltalkwithfo.com forward slash podcast. Click the button that says survey. It'll only take a few minutes and I would really appreciate it. So let's talk about how I met today's guest. Today's guest is attorney Jahan Crump Gibson of the Great Lakes Legal Group. PLLC in Detroit, Michigan. I met Jahan from Instagram. Of course, you guys know this is how I meet everybody. So I was looking for an attorney to cover this topic and I found her in a search. We connected, hit it off, and I knew I had to have her on the show. So I'm going to jump right into Jahan's bio. Attorney Jahan Crump Gibson is co-founder and managing partner of Detroit area boutique law firm Great Lakes Legal Group PLLC, where she concentrates her practice in probate and estate planning, business and commercial matters, and government affairs. After earning dual bachelor's degrees in political science and English from Michigan State University, Jahan obtained her Juris Doctorate from Wayne State University Law School. She currently serves as a board member and past president for the Wolverine Bar Association slash Wolverine Bar Foundation, member of the ICLE Probate and Estate Planning Advisory Board, member of the SBM Diversity and Inclusion Advisory Committee, hearing panelists for the Michigan Attorney Discipline Board, and member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. In 2017, Senator Gary Peters appointed Jay Hahn to the Michigan Senate Judicial Advisory Committee, which vets candidates and makes recommendations to fill vacancies on the federal bench in the Eastern District. Y'all, her bio says enough. You gotta be ready. Welcome to the podcast, Jahan Crump Gibson. Listen in as we have Girl Talk. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Jahan. How are you doing? I am wonderful. How are you, folks? I am amazing, guys. Let me tell you, it has been a journey, but we are here. We have been trying to make this podcast uh, episode happen. And it is happening now, and I'm excited about it because it's state planning is a very important topic, especially within the minority community. So I want to jump right into the questions. We've probably been told one time or two that we need estate planning. We've seen celebrities who passed away and they really had no plan 
but there are a lot of myths around estate planning. So let's clarify some of these myths and set the record straight. So what exactly is an estate plan and is that different from a will? Wonderful question, Foe. Um, actually, how you look at it, a will is an estate planning tool. So it's one of the documents that would be in your estate plan. So an estate plan really is a collection of documents that function to make arrangements for you, for your affairs to be handled, not only if you pass away, but also if you're sick and you're unable to handle affairs for yourself. And that's very important because a lot of people think, oh, I don't need an estate plan. I'm not old. You know, nothing. You never know what might happen. Car accidents. You have a surgery. Something happened. And you may come out of it. You may be okay eventually. But what's going to happen in that interim period? How are your affairs going to be handled? If you have an estate plan in place, um, that can be handled relatively simply without court uh, monitoring. And that's what we seek to happen here. We don't want your affairs public. We don't want your business out there in the street. So that's why we, we get these documents done. So you touched on a few things that I think are important. A lot of people say, well, I'm not old. Um, I don't need an estate plan. So let's address that myth. What age should we have an estate plan drafted up? I always say as soon as possible, foe. I give the annoying lawyer answer. It depends. But um, so for basic documents like powers of attorney, you know, as soon as you're out the house, whether you graduate from high school, you're 18, you're going to college or some sort of trade program or you move out and you start working. At that point, you're an adult. Your parents can't make decisions for you anymore as though you were a minor. So let's say you go to college and, um, you know, you're 19 years old and something happens. It's not like you have a ton of money, but, you know, what if you come from a household where you much would rather mom, you know, handle your decisions than dad? They both have equal rights because they're both your parents, right? But there may be some, you know, specifics going on and you want to put in your documents uh, exactly what you want to happen and who you want to handle them. So the younger you are, maybe the you don't need as many documents and they're not as complicated. But, you know, as you get into your career, as you, you know, buy your first house, if you get a life insurance policy, basic things, you need to have a plan in place. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how old you are. We all leave here the same way and everybody's final arrangements are the same, right? So um, I don't put an age range on it. Obviously, I'm not telling 20-year-olds to come knock down my door and get a <laughs> trust done. Um, but at the same time, you know, just because you're single and you don't have kids doesn't mean you don't need an estate plan. You absolutely need one just as much as someone that has kids. So there's not a specific age range. It's just that, you know, as you get older, as you're an adult, as you start to work and you're out here, you need some basic documents in place. So one thing that you mentioned is a lot of people think just the will. So once I die, all of my assets are sent to such and such person, but there are some aspects of the estate plan that um, are relative to you living. So you mentioned getting in a car accident. So can you talk to some of those documents like the living will, um, the health power of attorney and all those other things that are important to you, even if you aren't dead, but if you're living and you may need um, someone to legally handle your affairs? Absolutely. So there are, there are a few documents that I'll cover. Uh, the first, as you mentioned, is a health care power of attorney. In some states, they call them patient advocate des designations. There always is going to be some new PC term of art thrown out there, but it's a health care power of attorney. And in that document, you put who you would want to step in if you become unable 
per a doctor's opinion, not just because your relative thinks you look a little bit, you know, sick on a particular <laughs> day. It's a physician that makes this determination. But if you're unable to make medical decisions for yourself, this is who you would have step in. Now, a living will, which a lot of folks get confused with a last will and testament or just a will, that's the document that speaks to if you don't want to be kept on life support or if you want to be a vegetable and you want to be frozen and if you have some sort of irreversible condition and you were in a persistent vegetative state, would you want life support to be withdrawn or would you not? Um, things of that sort. So the healthcare power of attorney document typically has the who and the living will has the what as it relates to end of life wishes. So that's the first document that comes into play um, if you're here, but you're not able to make decisions for yourself. The other document is your general power of attorney, which deals with finances and everything else. So if you have bank accounts and you don't have anybody on those accounts with you, you know, there, no one's going to be able to access it. You know, you can only get so much handling it the under, you know, underhanded way going to the ATM. But if somebody <laughs> needs to get access to your bank to be able to pay your bills, you know, maintain things, talk to your insurance company, coordinate benefits, all those things that have to happen. If you don't have the proper documents in place, then someone's going to have to go to court and get conservatorship or guardianship over you. And again, that's a very public process. It can be costly and it can be difficult and complicated. So those are the documents as it relates to powers of attorney. Another document I will talk about that always scares people and there are a lot of misconceptions about is, the, is a living trust. So um, a trust isn't for everybody. It depends on what kind of assets you have, what your specific wishes are upon your death, but it's a tool that you can use while you're still living. Uh, you can transfer property in, you can transfer property out, and that's also a tool that you use to avoid probate court, whether you have passed away or if you're still living. So let's say you have some real estate um, properties, some investment properties, right? And you rent those out. And let's say those properties are in your trust. Well, whoever you pick and put in your document to be able to handle things for you if you become unable to, would be able to manage those properties for you. So those are tools that you can use while you're still living if you become unable to make decisions for yourself. So guys, it's all about having a plan in place because we never know what will happen in life. We know that we're going to die. That's inevitable. But there are events that could take place in life that very well may require that someone manage um, our assets um, for us. So that's important that it's not just for upon your death, but also while you're living. So um, one, one thing that I know is most states will distribute your property to the next of kin. So why is it important to even have an estate plan if they're just going to give it to the next of kin anyway? Great question. Uh, two, two answers to that, or at least I'll, I'll try to restrict them. I know I talk a lot, but it's a, it's a lot of information. Um, one, you may not want that to happen. So in Michigan, for example, uh, if you die without a will, the laws of intestate succession, that just means intestate means dying without a will, those will kick in and say who your property goes to. You may not want that person that's considered next in your bloodline to get your property. It may be because you all don't have a good relationship or it may be because this person suffers from some sort of um, illness, they may have substance abuse issues, there may be a lot of reasons why you don't want a check to get cut to someone that's next in your bloodline. That's number one. Number two, another common misconception. 
just because you have a will does not mean you avoid probate court. Anything that is held in your name alone at the time of your death with no beneficiary has to go to probate court. There are no ifs, ands, or buts. There are no exceptions. You can't skip it. The only thing a will will do is say after the probate process is over who the property goes to. So another reason you're going to want to have a plan and have a professional do it is to make sure that things are titled appropriately so nothing is in your name alone. Or if a trust is a good idea for you, that your property is titled over to the trust so that it can skip probate court. So those are the two big reasons why you want to make sure that you just don't say, oh, well, I'll throw my hands up. The state will get it. You know, the next person in line. So can you talk about probate? You mentioned that a few times. Can you explain exactly what probate is? Absolutely. So let's start with the probate court. The probate courts are in every county. Uh, They're set up to deal with issues uh, when individuals are unable to handle matters for themselves or if they pass away. So guardianships, this is of adults, this is of minors also. Um, There are situations where, you know, minors, their parents may pass away or a parent may be incarcerated, things of that sort, and someone else has to get guardianship over them. Or if someone's parents die and they leave them some money, a conservator may have to be appointed. Uh, Developmentally disabled, mental health issues, uh, and estates, when decedents estates, when people pass away, this all goes through probate court. So the probate process means the administrative process relative to whatever estate that you're dealing with. So if you're still living and someone gets conservatorship over you, that's running through probate court. They have to open up a conservatorship. They have to file annual reports every year that allows or accounts for every single dime that goes in and comes out. And if it doesn't match up to the T, it can be disallowed. And whoever is serving as the conservator may have to pay some money back. Um, step forward. If you're dealing with someone that's passed away, I'm sure folks have seen across the news about Aretha Franklin's estate. Probating an estate is going through the process that's prescribed by law. So you got to open up the estate. That costs money. You've got to notify creditors. You have to send out a notice that says, hey, if someone, if this person that passed away owed someone money, here's the time period you have um, to come forward and try to stake your claim. Uh, You have to deal with tax issues. Challenges are dealt uh, with in probate court. So really, it's just the administrative process of dealing with your assets that were in your name alone when you passed away. Okay, guys. So this brings me to my next question, because you just heard her talk about probate, and it seems very um, cumbersome, to say the least, (laughs) but it's very involved. So tell us why it's not a good idea to use LegalZoom and why we need a professional. I've sought a professional and I understand why it's important, but talk to that because you just explained probate. And if you do not have, in my opinion, a professional walking or walking through this with you, it can completely go over your head. So talk about why, because people are going to say, well, lawyers are expensive. So why is it important to actually see an attorney to draft your estate plan? Awesome question. I feel like you're setting me up for a, a commercial I can do. So I appreciate that. But- Um, The reason why you want to talk to a professional um, that specializes in estate planning, let's take the estate plan first before we talk about probate, because ideally we want the estate plan done so we can avoid probate court, right? There are so many different components and so many things that go into estate planning that you literally are just unable 
to download and do the DIY documents off of Google because really you have no idea what they say. If you aren't trained to do this, you may not understand certain implications that are in the documents. Uh, if you're going through a service like LegalZoom, yeah, you do get assigned someone, you'll fill out your questionnaire, they'll generate a document, but there are a lot of other things that kind of go into that equation that they're not going to deal with. And I'll give you an example of that. You've heard me talk about throwing out the term of having a trust and having it funded, right? So a trust is something that you can use to avoid probate court. And as I said, with the living trust, you can transfer property in, you can transfer it out, you can do whatever you want while you're still in your right mind while you're still living. If someone drafts a trust for you, and yes, you can download a template or go on a legal Zoom, but if they're if your trust trust isn't properly funded, then you're still going to go to probate court. And I will give you an example of that. If you have two houses and the properties aren't appropriately deeded to the trust, they're in your name alone. They're going to probate. If you have certain accounts, whether this is insurance policies, money market accounts, uh, checking accounts, if the beneficiary isn't titled properly, it's going to probate court. If you have a business, if you own an LLC and you want to make sure that you're, no one's tied up in probate court dealing with that, um, if it's not titled properly, if the internal documents for your business are not updated properly, then you're going to end up in probate court. So there's so many things that maybe you can get away with downloading like a boilerplate template or getting a document from LegalZoom that could, you know, you could barely make it with that, but that won't be enough alone. I have an estate now that I've been working with the um, personal representative on. It's a, grand, a daughter, I'm sorry. And her mother, maybe 35 years ago, had a trust done. And it's beautiful, Flo. It's in a fancy little binder. It has the, you know, fancy old binding, that thick paper that probably the Constitution was written on. <laughs> so it looks like fabulously amazing, but it was worth nothing. Why? Because nothing was titled to this woman's trust. So we are going on now. Um, two years probating this estate because the mother had investments. She owned real estate. The mother did very well. So financially she was sound, but nothing was titled over to her trust. So now we're probating probably about $2 million in assets and she had an estate planned, you know? So there's, there's only one piece of the pie by having the documents written down. So again, even if you have a, a boilerplate form that you can get away with, you still may miss the mark because there's other things that the legal Zoom and Google is not going to do for you. There's another thing that I want to bring attention to as well. So when my husband and I were signing our estate plans, there were specific order that we had to actually sign in. I think that's important. So I don't know that legal Zoom tells you that either and having someone notarize it and all that stuff. So that stuff's important and you won't know that until you talk to a professional. Absolutely. And, and to that point, Fo, when you do, so when we handle our estate plans in-house, we do, we handle all the witnesses and the notarizing um, there because there are also issues with the state law as it relates to who can qualify as a witness, what the notary acknowledgement is supposed to say. So even if you have those documents drafted up and you went to the UPS store because the notary was there to have them done, she may not notarize it and acknowledge it properly. Or you may have an interested person, someone that's not supposed to serve as a witness, sign off on your documents. So here's an important, important question that I have, um, and I, I have yet to approach it, but how can we talk to our parents and elderly family members about getting a will drafted? 
you know, it's, it's, it's rough. It's a, an approach. I have a lot of clients that, um, you know, have parents that are aging and sometimes with the, the older, the great generation, as we call it, it's, it's a little bit hard. They're very private. They're old school. They're used to keeping their business to themselves. And they're thinking, yeah, like most people would do. If I die, my money's going to go to, you know, let them fight over it. Or, you know, my money will go how the, the, the state law says it'll go to my next of kin. So um, it's, it's hard to get through to them. But what I, what I call them is, is, is scared straight stories. You know, those like uh, prison programs they do when the, the youth are a, a little bit troubled and they have them go in there. So what I do is I give some of these folks tools when they're talking to their parent or their grandparent and tell them, look, let them know worst case scenario, this is what can happen. If they don't get this done, there's a probate court hearing down there in whatever county. Everybody that's down in there that can hear is going to listen to everything that you have, everything that went on, and you know they don't like that. So they tend to straighten up and say, oh, okay, well, let me do that. And you know, you have to impress upon them that you worked hard your whole life. You don't want to have money pulled down off of your state, let's say while you're still living, because you don't have the appropriate plans in place. If you get sick and you need, you know, continuing care, or if after you pass away, you don't want your kids and your grandkids to have to go through this process. You, you just really don't. So typically when I, when I couch it that way, um, most folks get through to their parents and grandparents. And I'll tell you honestly, Bo, what really takes them over the edge is after they'll schedule a meeting with me. Because sometimes you have to hear it from someone else. When it's your, you know, when it's one of them and it's their kid or their grandkid, they're saying, mom, dad, I've been telling you, you need to get a will, you need to get a will. Sometimes if they can at least say enough to get them in the door with an estate planning attorney, after that, um, normally most folks acquiesce. So I'd say, because this happens regularly to me. Um, and I'd say maybe out of every 10 folks, there may be one or two that just refuse to move forward. All right. So I've been asked this question before. A person is unmarried. They don't have any children. Do they need an estate plan? Yes, absolutely. Because the same thing that can happen to a married person <laughs> with children can happen to you. So, um, and obviously you want to leave your money to somebody, even if you don't have kids, whether that's a charitable organization or your parents or a sibling or a really good friend, a cousin, an aunt, you still have family, even though you don't have children and you need to provide for, for how those assets are left um, to those people. So a lot of folks that I know that are um, either married with no children or unmarried, no children, they may have nieces and nephews, you know, that they want to see um, inherit from them. So it's still important because A, you are going to want to pass what you have to somebody, no matter who it is. And then again, B, you're not exempt from different things just because you're, you're not married. You get sick the same way, you know, the same court will deal with you if you don't have your proper documents in place. So you absolutely still need a plan, even if you have no children. All right. So what resources can you share with my audience to help make estate planning easier to understand? Although I think you've done a, an amazing job um, okay. answering my questions, but what other resources are out there? Okay. So this is going to sound very self-serving, but <laughs> our, our, our law firm puts out um, uh, weekly tips uh, and you can sign up for them at our website, gllegalgroup.com. We also have them on our social uh, media networks as well. 
the reason why I say that is I don't I don't advocate for folks Googling things because you can kind of either misunderstand it very well may be accurate information, but either you can misunderstand it or sometimes you'll come across one of those community forums and it'll be Google lawyers and bubblegum rapper lawyers on there giving <laughs> you advice that they shouldn't be. So if you're trying to figure out some more information, I would say look for a reputable law firm in your area. A lot of folks will have like blogs on their websites that kind of break down and explain very basic issues. Um, in Michigan, there's a Michigan legal aid uh, website. I think that does a pretty good job. But um, as, as far as our firm goes, we do put out, we cover other practice areas, of course, though. But we, we break it down because we understand this is, not, this is not easy to understand. It's not easy to digest. You're not going to get it by, by reading an article or two. So we break things down. We may deal with one issue uh, at a time. So some of these questions that you're asking me, um, you can actually go to our archives now. And I'm pretty sure that we've covered it one, two, three, four, five. I don't know how many times. So again, I would go to a reputable source. Um, a lot of estate planning law firms do have information on their website and of course encourage everyone to, to, to go to ours. Awesome. So can you tell my audience again how they can connect with you and your law firm? Of course. Our website is www.g L, as in Great Lakes, legalgroup.com. Again, that's glegalgroup.com. And our handle for all our social media networks is the same. It's at glegalgroup.com. So please follow us, go to our website, sign up for our newsletter. It's free. You can't get mad at free <laughs> um, to educate yourselves. So that's how you can connect with us. Thank you so much, Jahan. I appreciate you. You know, we, we talked prior, the struggle yeah. of us connecting. We finally, <laughs> we finally got it done. And I, it was amazing. You, you did an excellent job at making um, estate planning and understanding it so much easier for those who probably have been afraid to even touch the subject. So thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Sure. And thank you for doing this. This is so important. I mean, I think one of the reasons why we're so, um, I'll call it uneducated on the issue in our community. It's that there's so many myths and it is complicated and it's taboo. We just don't talk about it. So um, the more we can inform folks about the importance of estate planning and financial planning, the better, the better for us, the better for generations behind us. We got to get it together. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for this episode of the podcast. If you like what you heard, head on over to girltalkwithfo.com forward slash VIP to sign up to be a part of our VIP squad. You'll get podcast episodes delivered directly to your inbox every single week. Don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple iTunes. It helps us get seen by other potential listeners so they can get all of this goodness so that they can dump debt, build bank, and ultimately create the life that they want. While you're at it, don't forget to share this podcast episode with your friends and family and have them follow me on social media. I am at Girl Talk with Fo on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All right, guys, I'll talk to you in the next episode.